Hey, Hawkeye fans. Welcome back to the Hawk Central Radio Show podcast version on YouTube. Uh, Chad Lystico here of the Des Moines Register made it back uh, the seven and a half hours, Tyler, to my home. Uh, you made it back to, uh, about one hour <laughs> to Bloomington, but exciting news, Tyler. Uh, you're moving to Iowa City this week, so excited to see you at that point. Uh, your life is a little bit of a whirlwind right now, huh? Yeah, I, my house is uh, pretty empty, the house I lived at the last three years, so just trying to clean stuff out and yeah, it just it looks a little weird right now, but hopefully, you know, <laughs> get settled into Iowa City soon. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited just to get settled and get moved and, and I feel like I, I kinda described it as I felt like the last since I started the job, like mentally I've been in Iowa, but physically I've been in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And it'll be nice to kind of be physically in Iowa as well. So yeah, it'll be great to have you here. And you've done a great job in the first two weeks, for sure. Tyler Tashman, I uh, want to point people to uh, his piece on Jay Higgins. It'll be in Sunday's Des Moines Register, but it's online now. Uh, really nice job talking to Jay's dad, uh, the hometown kid from Indianapolis. Uh, probably fitting, right, that you wrote about uh, an Indiana kid uh, as one of your big first features for us. But uh, nice job on that. Really, really good writing, good reporting. And um, one of my favorite questions that you asked this week was to Cooper DeGene about his tennis game. So I'm feeling pretty like awesome about myself that I, maybe I can beat Cooper DeGene in tennis. Maybe I would love to play him. I mean, I'm he's probably what 21 years old. I'm 49. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I can beat Cooper DeGene at something, that would be that would be amazing. So I'm feeling kind of upbeat coming out of Big Ten Media Days. No, I know. You you look like you have a little bit of glow to you. So I was, <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. But I think the funniest thing about uh, talking to Cooper about the tennis of, of how he struggles with tennis is that he he was like, he struggles hitting it into the box, to, to, the, little, to the little box. And I was like, you mean serving? And he was like, yeah. He was like, he tries to do it underhand and still so. Yeah, the the hitting into the little box is that's how he described it as serving. So sure. Well, the, today's idea, folks, is just to kind of recap stuff we haven't talked about yet from Big Ten Media Days. I mean, there was so much going on. Uh, for those of you who listen to our Wednesday Hawk Central Radio Show, we only had about twenty one minutes to talk about it. Um, by the time we turned it back over to to Kelton Copeland. Hope you enjoyed that interview. If you missed it, it's on hawkcentral.com. It's on Apple. Uh, but Tyler. Uh, my, before we get to the last thing, I just want to tell folks my favorite part of the trip, I think, was when you got carded after ordering a water. That was that was a highlight for me. Oh, my. Yeah, that was so. So this, the little story behind this is we're going to eat after we worked on Wednesday at, at Big Ten Media Days and sitting at the bar and they asked like the server or the bartender asked like, what do I want to drink? And I was like, I'll have a water. And she was like, can I see your ID? And I was like, like, I, said, I like, he I, said for water. I was like, for water like that. This is, this is quite new for me. And I've been in Indiana for a little while. And she was like, Oh, just, she was like to sit at the bar. And I was like, okay. But like just the timing of it just made it like, I was just so confused, but Anyways, I was good to yeah. go and got my water and everything. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty wiped. It was a pretty busy day on Wednesday. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember everything we talked about on a radio show. I haven't listened back to it, so we're just gonna kind of scatter shot things that uh, stand out to us. Um, you know, on Thursday, a lot of my day 
we'll start with what I did, and then maybe we can talk about what you did on Thursday. A lot of my day was spent learning about other teams in the Big Ten West. Uh, in particular, and this was a text group request, uh, Wisconsin under Luke Fickle and Nebraska under Matt Rule. I came away with two different takeaways from each program, but both I, I come away with the impression that both have made really great hires. Not a surprise. Uh, you know, those are the two best hires in college football, arguably, uh, last offseason. I would I think Fickle probably number one, given he led Cincinnati to a college football playoff. So let's start there. But uh, the air raid in Wisconsin, it it sounds to me on the surface like that could take a while. That could take a while to transition. And I know a lot of Badger fans are skeptical about that. But uh, what I kind of learned talking to Tanner Mordecai, uh, Braylon Allen, Luke Fickle is it's still going to be a run-themed offense. Uh, Phil Longo, the North Carolina offensive coordinator who they brought in, uh, pretty much deemed one of the, the top offensive minds in college football, uh, had two 1,000-yard rushers at, at UNC in the same season. So Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, they're pretty pumped about that. Uh, and then I was like, well, how's, it, how's the transition going? Though? Like, uh, you know, And Tanner Mordecai, he's a six-year senior. He, play, he backed up uh, – some stars at Oklahoma. I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts backed up uh, Kyler Murray, backed up Spencer. He got beat out by Spencer Radler and then transferred to SMU. Uh, he's, I mean, he's super confident. So, and he he's has, I don't know, seven seventy seven hundred career passing yards. So they've got all the pieces in place. And then Fickle even said their best position group is, is the old line. So Pretty, you know, I know a lot of Iowa fans are, are curious about Wisconsin, and I feel coming out of a Big Ten media days, Wisconsin's going to be pretty formidable, I think, in year one. So on on Thursday, what I was kind of collecting was I thought it'd be interesting just to talk to some Michigan players about Cade McNamara. It's uh, Iowa has been asked a lot about it. Kirk Ferentz has been asked a lot about it, but. I I was curious to see what his former teammates had to say about him. And, and what stood out was that, I mean, everyone that I talked to uh, from Michigan was really glowing about him. Uh, Blake Corum, uh, Chris Jenkins, and uh, Mike Sane were still, all of them had really good things to say about not only Kate as a player, but also a person. I thought, one notable story from that, and, and I think I'll be writing on this probably for next week, but uh, Mike Sanristil was originally committed to Virginia Tech, and Cade McNamara, who was in the same class at him, actually texted him and said, if you come to Michigan, we're going to win a Big Ten title together. And Mike Sanristil ended up flipping to from Virginia Tech. He decommitted, ended up going to Michigan. They came in in the same class. And they did win the Big Ten title in 2021. So uh, I thought that was, you know, interesting uh, just of the, the kind of leader Kate is and uh, just, you know, kind of a little anecdote. And, and Mike actually also said that the leader he who, who the leader he is, he uh, he points to being around Kate as, as someone that uh, he has looked after and has learned from to be a leader. So. Even some of the former players that that Kate has been around seem to, uh, you know, some of their success has been a byproduct of just being around him. So I think 
when you talk about coming in in a first season in a new program and trying to gain trust of other guys, it seems like uh, Cade can, you know, has all those kind of intangibles that you're looking for in, in being able to command that, that locker room. Yeah. And in one of the stories you wrote, Tyler, um, you know, you quoted Kirk Ferentz as basically saying we were, you know, excited to have him in December, but we're even more excited now. Um, you know, that just the, what he's done for the room, what he's done for the program, <coughs> excuse me. Um, obviously he's, he continues to probably be the number one off season storyline for the Hawkeyes. And one of the biggest reasons for optimism, no doubt. And initially I thought it was a mistake not to bring Cade McNamara to big 10 media days. Just, I mean, I would have loved to hear, heard from him again, love to hear, you know, see what, how his interactions were with Michigan media, whatnot. Um, you know, three other programs in the big 10 West brought their, their transfer quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, it, it would have been certainly precedented, um, but uh, I think it worked out. I think Iowa did the right thing, leaving him home. Ultimately, I mean, in in essence, I don't know if they probably didn't think about this, Tyler. But in essence, I feel like his uh, intrigue, his profile, actually rose out of Big Ten media days by not being there because there's still more curiosity about what he can do. I mean, he's still his numbers were good at Michigan, but he's still you, know, you still hear like, ah, oh, game manager. I talked to. Uh, I talked to Jake Butt, uh, the former Michigan uh, tight end who, uh, you know, played for the Broncos, uh, really good tight end. He's with BTN now, so I was just kind of talking to him on the side, not for an interview or anything like that. But he was he was also just, like, nodding his head and, like, yeah, Cade McNamara, like, you know, he's the real deal. That's, that's a really good pickup for Iowa. And he kind of was – yeah, on the same page with what Kirk Ferentz was saying about the O-line. And, and like, he's like, it was really the O-line last year, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what Ferentz said. And so you, you combine probably to me the number one storyline coming out of Hawkeye's camp, which was the O-line improving or Ferentz's bullishness on the O-line, uh, uh, you know, beyond the gambling stuff, but on field. Um, combine that with, what you're writing about with Cade McNamara, what other people are saying about Cade McNamara. I don't know. I totally get why Kinnick sold out the first five games. There's just a lot of intrigue, a lot of excitement about the team um, surrounding the quarterback. And, and, are, and as much as a headline and intrigue, you know, Cade has been and getting uh, Caleb Brown and getting some of, you know, these other offensive pieces, I think, the most important part to Iowa's season, or at least from an offensive standpoint, is the offensive line. I, I think, and, and I think that was very encouraging, uh, the way that Kirk Ferentz was talking about them at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, you know, the development of Logan Jones, Jennings Dunker. You have some transfers coming in like Rusty Fifth and Dejon Parker. Um, and and I you know Kirk Ferentz I think I talked about this on Wednesday but Kirk Ferentz told a, a a kind of funny story about how so we we saw the clip of Jennings Dunker with the hay bale toss on social media but he said that so at a at a meeting Kirk Ferentz uh, you know announced that or whatever and uh, Jennings Dunker was was taking bows and apparently it uh, might have stretched a little bit how much he had beat Logan Jones and Logan Jones took exception to that. Kirk Ferentz actually 
predicted that there could be an upset next year. So uh, beyond the fact that he seems encouraged by the development, uh, it seems like there's just a good com- camaraderie from from what I can tell between those guys. And, and I think that's a big part of it too is like offensive line is – is one of those things where you all have to be in unison, right? You have to be able to know who's blocking who and, and handing off coverages and whatever. And I think chemistry is a big part of that. And um, last season, and this is speaking more generally, not just the chemistry, but just how much that held back Iowa's offense because of the immobility of Spencer Petrus and injuries around him, but also just the fact that a lot of it, the issues offensively stem from from the struggles of the offensive line. Yeah, and once again, if I encourage people to listen to my interview with Kelton Copeland because that was the other part that was kind of the weakness last year, and he kind of speaks to the frustration of not having Keegan Johnson on the field about uh, you know why he why it's hard to recruit receivers at Iowa. Definitely give that a listen. Those are the three big things. Uh, but speaking of the offense, Tyler, uh, I just posted a story actually, kind of some of my leftover uh, Big Ten Media Days thoughts. And when I, when it doesn't sound as boring as it is, <laughs> or it's not as, as boring as it sounds, I should say, because a lot of times these are some like good nuggets that I wasn't planning on, like in my head in the hustle and bustle. But then you listen back to it and it's like, oh gosh, that was pretty, you know, I could have expanded more on that while I was there and um, it, yeah, it's like know. it's like leftovers in Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, <laughs> like it's good. Sometimes it's better when it ages a little bit. So <laughs> exactly. Um, so here's one from from Luke Lachey, the tight end, uh, regarding the offense. He said Brian Ferentz has made a lot of good changes in the offense, and I've seen a lot of things I really like. Going out there, you can tell. I'm talking to Nico Regani, who has been in the program for six years now. We talk, and we're just like dang, this is really good. He sees that, and it's a really cool thing. So uh, that was one of the things I wrote about in that post, which is up. It just went up, actually, at hawkcenter.com. So check a little more context into what Brian Ferentz said in the spring, kind of dousing that. But, uh, you know, I keep wondering, is it going to really be the same old offense with different results? But it it certainly sounds like, uh, especially, I mean, you weren't here for this, Tyler, but Deontay Vine said, a lot of similar stuff in the spring. Like, yeah, we're changing some stuff. It's it's really working, you know, more explosive plays. Uh, you know, not necessarily like major stuff, but like the way they're running routes. Um, you know, obviously, you know, not necessarily scheme changes, but just different way of doing things. So excited to see what that entails. Um, I do think there's going to be something of change. I'm not trying to promise anything, but when the players say that, I mean, I don't know why he would say that if it wasn't true, right? So kind of interesting. It just To me, it just adds more and more intrigue to, you know, what's going on behind closed doors at, at Kinnick here over the next month. I think it's one of those things you could maybe like go in with cautious optimism, I would say. Um, but at the same time, it's not like, I don't think I was offense. Like the, the, the good news is there's so much room for improvement, right? Like it, it's almost impossible to get worse. There, it is possible, but if the offense would somehow get worse than last season, then that's a big problem. But there's so much room for growth that, like, even if Iowa's offense is twenty percent better than last season, like fifteen percent better, like I don't think 
I don't think it's you don't need you don't want or you don't you probably want, but you don't need them to go out like guns a blazing, Cade McNamara, you know, throwing 40 times a game. Like I think the offense if the defense can be anywhere in the neighborhood that it was last season and the offense just gets a little bit like marginally better because because the margin for error in, in Iowa's losses last season um obviously not the Michigan Ohio State games but uh like the Nebraska game the Illinois game the Iowa State game uh and especially the Iowa State and Illinois game if the offense is like I like I've said if it was bad they probably win those two games they're probably playing in the Big Ten championship so I don't think like when we talk about okay is like is there going to be massive changes with the Iowa offense like you have Caleb Brown coming in and Cade McNamara like I don't think they don't need to be this ridiculous offense like they just do their job score you know three touchdowns a game or you know whatever it is let the defense let Cooper DeGene pick one off and run it back and then you're at 28 points all of a sudden so I'm looking at it more as what is the improvement from last season out of like are they just gonna are they just gonna look totally different schematically and doing this and that I think they just they just need to get a little bit better, marginally better than last season. So, Yeah, and I think Kirk Ferentz sounds very confident that they will be. I mean, he was asked about the 25 points per game clause, basically just said, you know, we're not too worried about that. If we do what we're supposed to do, it's not even going to be an issue. So I think you're right on. I mean, the, the average per game last year was uh, in the 250 one range for total offense. I mean, that's just abysmal lowest in power five since 2014. I mean, I'm going to say they got to get at least, uh, you know, you said 15%. I mean, if you're talking about total yards, I think they got to get like about a hundred yards better than that. I mean, so, I mean that I'm going to say 40% better, you know, on offense in terms of total yards and uh, to be a, a championship contender, I feel like just because, you're going to see Wisconsin, just like I said, you're going to see them put up a lot of yards, and Wisconsin's still going to have a good defense. So, And you play them over there October 14th. So it'll be uh, pretty fascinating. Uh, if you want to check out my article on Nebraska, it's it's also up at hawkcenter.com. But real quick on the Huskers, uh, you know, Matt Rule seems to be the right guy to me for, for that job. He's finally somebody who's not – Talking about the '90s, you know, not uh, promising, you know, that the Big Ten's going to be afraid of us um, soon, and he's just—he's kind of going about it the way, like Kirk Ferentz went about it at Iowa, the way Brett Bielema went about it at Illinois, you know, kind of the way Brett Bielema went at Wisconsin, um, you know, Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, just kind of like building from the ground up, rebuilding from the ground up. Now, that said. Matt Rule did a great job rebuilding Temple, turned them into a winner, and then he went to Baylor, took a one-win team, and turned it into an 11-win team two years later. But this is the Big Ten. It's it's not as easy. We've seen that. I mean, Nebraska came into the Big Ten. I think they thought they were going to be really good. Haven't been good. You know, joined in 2011, have no, no conference championships, one Big Ten title game appearance, and that was in year two uh, in 2012 where they give up 70 points in the Big Ten title game to Wisconsin. So not exactly a banner 12 years for Nebraska in the Big Ten. It's tough to do it. Um, 
we'll see if Matt Rule can. I think he will be fine, and I think it's a, an unfortunate piece of scheduling. It, it's always going to be this way. Obviously, Iowa and Nebraska playing late, but I think in this case, you would rather catch Nebraska a little bit early on the schedule. But you're going to get him in game 12, so you're almost going to get a pretty good sense of the Matt Rule rebuild. And almost like Kirk Ferentz's early years, like the team got better as the season went on. Even in 1999 when they went 1-10, and 10, like they were a lot better in those those final games. And then it finally broke through at the end of year two, as we all know by now. But that's kind of interesting to me. To me, that, that actually looks like one of the tougher games on Iowa's schedule just because of where it's placed. So that's what I came away with uh, out of Nebraska. I think it's also worth uh, mentioning just kind of the update on on the gambling situation, which was some of the kind of bigger details that that we got out of Wednesday. So uh, going into it, we knew that so Noah Shannon was supposed to be representing Iowa, then ended up pulling out um, for his involvement in the the gambling investigation. Jay Higgins took his place, but uh, Kirk Ferentz said that so n- not a large number of Iowa football players involved. Um, he hopes the situ- situation will be resolved in early August or late August at the latest. And obviously that would be, uh, you know, the most, I guess, beneficial time frame because you don't really want it to drag on into the beginning of the season. Um, and and one thing, you know, he was calling for more education about it, just just being more having more information about gambling and knowing, you know, kind of the the downsides to it and. Uh, you know, he, he compared it to like the kind of when he was growing up seeing cigarette commercials and, and now instead of that, it's uh, gambling commercials and, and you have, you know, now you have are able to do things with the touch of your hand and uh, on your phone and on the, on the Internet. Uh, so that was that was kind of a brief little update on that. Um, you know, if you're Iowa, you obviously, like I said, you hope it gets figured out and. Uh, there's there's minimal damage, but uh, I, it's at this point just kind of what, you know, you just kind of have to wait and see what happens. And the biggest waste of time, speaking of waste of times, uh, the, the, the biggest waste of time this week was watching the WWE NXT broadcast, uh, Gable Steveson. Uh, but I, I don't want to get people, uh, so he's going to fight some match and whatever this, fake, this wrestling is, uh, pro wrestling. But uh, from what I've been told, I mean, I, I don't. I'm just going to drop it after this. But what I've been told, Stevenson to Iowa still could happen. Uh, he he doesn't. You know the him doing this does not mean he can't return to college. So um, we'll see. Just throwing it out there. I think if he does return to college, Iowa's going to be the leader. But who knows? Uh, I don't think anybody really knows. So that's. I don't think we actually updated anyone on that in our Wednesday show, Tyler. Um, depth chart stuff. Uh, again, the transfer is not on there, but I thought Kirk Ferentz had some interesting comments about uh, Caleb Brown, um, a couple of which I did not include in my story. So let me find one of them. Uh, he kind of talked about uh, – he basically said, I think Caleb's going to be in the mix, but right now they have they haven't done anything, so that's why they're not on the depth chart him and Seth Anderson. But he said, you know, with everybody they grabbed in the portal, they did a ton of research on. But he said it was, quote, a little bit of a leap of faith with Caleb. He goes, there wasn't a lot of documented evidence on college film, but it really got back to the question 
certainly were familiar with St. Rita High School. And the question was, would we recruit him today if he were coming out? And the answer was yes, just like a year ago. He got here in June. He's done great. And we're really thrilled he's with the team. So uh, the other thing that I kind of took away out of the receivers thing, Tyler, was he really seemed pretty optimistic about what Deontay Vines can bring to the program. I mean, this is a guy that's been just snake bit by injuries. So I think Kirk Ferentz has a lot of hope that Deontay Vines, not to mention Nico Ragaini, but I think Vines could be an interesting guy to watch too. He was the only scholarship receiver available in the spring game. Uh, sounds like he's healthy now. And Ferentz says he hopes the bad luck is out of the way. Um, be fun to uh, be fun to follow that. Next time we talk to Kirk, by the way, August eleventh. That'll be our you know Iowa football media days. Will we have the gambling answers by then? Uh, that'll be interesting to find out because we won't hear from Kirk until then. Looking on the other side of the ball, uh, a couple of things I I guess stood out to me a little bit um, in the depth chart. One was uh, Jamari Harris and. I think he's a really interesting guy because he made some big plays in 2021, then missed all of last season, but uh, Riley Moss is gone. And one thing, one, I'm interested to see how Cooper DeGene handles that of like, now he's going to be the guy with like a target on his back in Iowa, like the guy, like there were a lot of guys last season you could look at. Uh, but he is going to be like the guy that people uh, know about going uh, in. So how how he handles that? But then uh, with Riley Moss on Jamari Harris, how how does uh, you know is he able to look like he did in 2021? Is he able to because uh, he he might get a lot of balls thrown at him because people might be wanting to throw away from Cooper DeGene. So how is he going to handle that? The other one uh, is Xavier Wampa. And uh, Kayvon Merriweather was just a huge part of Iowa's defense uh, and, and how dominant it was last season. And, and he's gone now. And uh, Xavier Wampa, you saw that flash uh, of what he could do in, in the bowl game uh, last season, taking that the interception back for a touchdown. But he's a you know, he was a really highly touted recruit uh, out of high school has a lot of talent if you know if he's going to be one of the starters at safety uh I think Kayvon Merriweather it, it'll be interesting to see how much Iowa misses Kayvon Merriweather because I think he cleaned up so many things on the back end last season uh you know made, made a lot of timely plays so how much Xavier Wampa like how much of a learning curve there is how quickly he can uh, be potentially be the guy there, uh, you know, on the on the back end of the defense. Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out. All right, my last thought here for today, and we'll we'll get going after that. Um, you feel free to throw anything else you want to here, Tyler. But just kind of looking over the depth chart, um, you know, to me, depth is a major concern for this team. I don't know if we know how strong the second team is. I mean, the secondary, you just mentioned it. I mean, the backup corners right now are Deshaun Lee and TJ Hall. And as you mentioned, Jamari Harris is their number two. So, uh, and he's kind of, while well, he did fine in 2021, I mean, he's, he's definitely a question mark coming off the injury. And, uh, you know, we don't know who else is involved 
in the gambling investigation. But, you know, you can't lose too many guys potentially, you know, as, as you look across the depth chart. I mean, you feel good at D-line. D-line, they're very deep, so I'm, I'm not dismissing that. But uh, I think, you know, Jackson and Higgins feel feel strongly there at linebacker. We just have to see about these other guys, Kyler Fisher, Carson Shire, you know, Jaden Harrell, um, you know, Jackson Rex, Rex Roth, uh, who's on the, on the two deep as a, an outside linebacker. Um, you know, that's, and that's on defense. So, and then of course you, you know, any type of, this is, doesn't happen often, but any type of injury to punter or kicker would be disastrous with Tory Taylor, or Drew Stevens. I mean, you're talking about all American caliber kickers there. And then obviously on offense, I mean, Kirk Ferentz sounds pretty happy with the depth they've developed on the old line. He said eight, they've got eight or nine guys kind of competing for that, those starting jobs. But And then you feel good at tight end, but, you know, there's not a lot of margin for error at receiver and certainly no margin for error at quarterback. So uh, injuries will play a part in this year's team. And uh, just as a final note, I mean, the fall camp is going to be a huge time to develop some depth because as we saw last year and you see this everywhere in college football, uh, there are going to be injuries. You're going to have to replace guys and you're going to have to, you know, if you don't have guys that are going to replace guys, then you're not going to win as many games as you want. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have much to add other, other than I just think, you know, I, I think that this is a really good opportunity given the circumstances of the roster that Iowa has and also because of the divisions going away after this season. Like, I think this is a great opportunity for Iowa to finish what it, it couldn't last season and win the West. But at the same time, I feel like as we've kind of just gone through, there's a lot of question marks and, and there's a lot of things to be optimistic for. I think there's a lot of things that could possibly cause concern as well. So I think uh, it's just going to be interesting to see kind of how things play out, how the new pieces uh, come together with, with guys that are returning that are hoping to develop. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of, I think, interesting things to kind of track heading into the season. All right, man. Well, your move begins Monday, right? You're, you're, Loading up the what do you got a U-Haul? What what's the plan? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm having a moving company help me. So oh wow, um, yeah, wow, that's yeah. kind of you know. I think I think uh, so. You need help, huh? Yeah, I've I've been in the do house. Want, do you want Hawkeye fans to come show up? At, at I mean, sh- yeah, man, I'll, <laughs> any help? I'll, you know, maybe maybe get some of the uh, old linemen down there. Like I, you know, D Jennings Dunker. Yeah, yeah, he Jennings. Can, yeah, he, he can, can just throw some up to. Oh know, yeah, I figured because I have a little, I have a little balcony. He might just be able to toss, you know, mm-hmm. pots, pans, anything up there. We don't, we won't hey, have bales. to worry about taking it up the elevator or stairs <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. So yeah, you uh, and then you get to move in Tuesday. So we yeah. we won't expect uh, you know that's busy. I try. I know you got a lot going on early next week, but it should be a pretty quiet week in Hawkeye land next week. Um, you know, Hawkeye players report August first. Kirk Ferentz's birthday, sixty eighth birthday, August first. Gary Barta retiring officially August first. So uh, Beth Getz will be uh, the official. Interim athletics director, as of I guess whatever time, you know, Gary is off the clock or whatever on Tuesday. So 
uh, kind of a little bit of a milestone date coming up, but it should be a pretty slow week in terms of, of, of what's going on in Hawkeye athletics. So we've got a few stories kind of in our hopper, all of my big 10 predictions coming out next week. Uh, Tyler's working on, as we mentioned, something on Cade McNamara, something on Cooper DeGene. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have a radio show next Wednesday night, too. So that'll be fun. Thanks, Tyler. Good luck with the move, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. For Tyler Tashman, this is Chad Lastico of the Des Moines Register saying so long. Talk to you next time on the Hawk Central podcast here on YouTube.